It's Thursday, March 21st, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the various traditions of the underworld from the mythologies, religions, and folklore of cultures around the world with our guest, very honored Frater Solomon, Michael Johnson. Frater Solomon is a biblical scholar with a background in social science, and Mike has compiled maps of the underworld, which locate the hells of the major religions. And your host, Frater Tabion, that's, that's myself, will join in with references to Kenneth Grant's Tunnels of Set, Shaver's Darrow Caverns, the underground kingdom of Agartha, and the shamanic under and overworlds, and the proto-psychological Kabbalistic metaphor of the Nepesh, the Nekima, and the Ruach. So, if you want to take the e-ticket ride through the great funhouse below the horizon, tune in with us, and we'll go below. Stand by, uh, stand by, Mike, until I get done with the introduction here. We have a hell of a show for you tonight. Actually, we'll have several dozen hells for you because we intend to explore multicultural underworlds with all the philosophical and cultural diversity we can apply to this subject. But before we welcome our guest, very honored Frater Solomon, let us define our terms and establish the parameters of our discussion. First, we must remind our listeners that we are hermetic, and this means that we fossil below, which in this case means man, that's us, boys and girls too. Man is a microcosm of the greater universal macrocosm, which means that you have the sun and all the planets inside you. And it also means, as Omar said, you yourself are heaven and hell, heaven with the vision of fulfilled desire, and hell with the shadow of a soul on fire. The Kabbalah is psychologically divided into three realms, the Nepesh, the subconscious, the Ruach, the reasoning consciousness, and the Nekemah, the higher spiritual or cosmic consciousness. Now, this three-level structure becomes the metaphoric model or formula for myths, legends, religions, and philosophies, <laughs> and, and Freud and Jung's psychology, wherever human society develops. Heaven and hell are really day and night because the heavenly bodies, the moon and the constellations, all disappear at sunrise and reappear after sunset. The underworld is actually the overworld, and so it was in ancient times until Heracles dragged Cerebus, the guard dog of Hades, out of the cavern. But, Shamans, Kabbalists, and magicians still reach heavenly mystical realms by first going down into the darkness of the underworld in order to climb a ladder to the stars. The Western esoteric concepts of heaven and hell are a combination of biblical, Old and New Testament, and classical Greco-Roman mythology. There are several similarities and syntheses between these two themes. And in the oldest versions of both, 
the underworld of the dead was a dark and dismal place. Sheol for the Hebrews and Hades for the Greeks. In those days, heaven was only for the blessed, or in the Nordic version, for the heroes. Through the Gnostics, Christian and Hermetic, the ancient Egyptian ideas of a redeemer and a paradise to come created new maps of heaven and hell. I suspect that this ancient Egyptian legacy even spread eastward. Conversely, the ancient Egyptians themselves may have been influenced by the Central Asian pole star cult. We know that Scythian shamans influenced the Akkadians of Mesopotamia and the Orphics of ancient Greece, and perhaps the ancient Egyptians before them. Thus, the notion that the Milky Way is the river of souls, which moved Plato to say that every man is a star. All this, you thought Crowley said that, but Plato said it actually. All this gets very complicated, but it boils down to this. There is a connection between humans and the greater universe they live in and die in. This is especially important if we believe, as so many of us do, that our minds are our software and, and our brains are the hardware. When we die, we can upload our minds to the cloud. Keeping this in mind, pun intended, we can understand various attempts to create micro-macro schematics such as the Kabbalistic Tree of Life and the more naturally oriented Nordic Yggdrasil. And we can enjoy Dante's Divine Comedy and the various heavens and hells of the Buddhists and the Muslims. We can understand and enjoy such modern developments as the subterranean kingdom of Agartha, the tunnels of Set under the Tree of Life, the Darrow Caverns of Richard Shaver, the Space Brothers of the Ashtar Command, and the Lemurians of Mount Shasta. But it helps to have a guidebook and an atlas. And that is what very honored Frater Solomon has been working on. So let us welcome Michael Johnson and let him tell us about his project. Okay, Mike, take it from the top or take it from the bottom, either one. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, well, this has been a lot of fun. It's uh, well over 20 years of research that I finally decided to um, uh, put in the book. The way I'm doing it, because uh, this is uh, it has a reality to it, it, it's not just recounting this. I, I want to actually um, use our Rastakrushan yoga system to go into these realms because the way all of these people that have experienced these uh, realms before we have hasn't been on some academic level. It, it has required getting into a trance state. Um, one of the things that's really fascinating about these underworlds and, and overworlds is um, how parallel they run to each other in a way that almost makes me think either um, the system of several heavens and several hells was developed um, in prehistoric times or there is some psychological need to layer our universe with layers above us and layers below us. But the interesting thing, when we talk about heaven and hell um, being partners in, in, um, in our universe, one thing that's really popular is 
the overworld and the underworld correspond to each other. So, for instance, um, in uh, Hindu legend, uh, at, at the furthest horizon, you would have um, uh, you would have the moon rising and setting, but they they would rise and set into a corresponding heaven, but then they would go on the underworld and they would go into a corresponding hell that was equally as distant. So when it's day in hell, it's night here, and when it's night in the underworlds, it's day here. It, we see this as far back as um, early Egyptian mythology. Where did the sun go at night? Well, it went to light the underworld, and then it came back up and it, it, it uh, lit our world. And um, the system that's most common, it's usually seven and seven, seven overworlds and seven underworlds. Um, that's... Uh, Popular in Hebrew tradition, there's uh, seven underworlds. Uh, this world is the top underworld, and then there are seven heavens above us. In Hindu lore, it, it switches out a little bit where this uh, is the lowest heaven, and then there's six above us, but then there's seven hells below us. Um, what's interesting, though, is, is how well these systems also overlap with each other. And, and this is as far um, around the globe as it, you have the Aztecs and, and the Pueblo Indians. Uh, they have their underworlds. Um, you have the Maori and, and the Polynesians in general. They have a, an overworld and underworld system that likewise matches uh, itself. And even as far flung as the Maori, they have a river of souls, which is the Milky Way. So, this is a very, very ancient concept that is um, clear to our soul. And if we're to extrapolate that and, and project, uh, who knows? Maybe maybe um, we're incarnating throughout the Milky Way, so that's why we call it the River of Souls, where we're just bouncing all around, and, and then we come to Earth. Um, and that's that, from a magical perspective, that's fun to think. Um, from a rational perspective, um, well, the universe just isn't as fun. Um, but uh, one thing that was also interesting is um, wh when the ancients were contemplating these heavens and hells, uh, and this is why we have to put them in another dimension. Sure, the heavens, we can go up several light years, but um, in the hells, uh, the earth's only so deep. But the problem is they were describing the... Um, the, the hells at a distance where uh, if you take the Buddhist hells and, and the, the Jain hells of, of India, um, these hells are um, – they're deeper than uh, the other end of the earth. So that's how deep you're going. Well, how are you going to access that? Well, you're going to have to go through some sort of portal or dimension in order to get there. It can't be something that's on the material plane. Uh, let me let, let me let me uh, let me break. Uh, let me let me uh, uh, interrupt you to uh, to, uh, to mention something here. Uh, when you when you say that, uh, one of the things that, that 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 becomes more and more and more obvious as you study this whole thing uh, is that that uh, these other worlds, both the overworlds and underworlds uh, of uh, um, uh, Kabbalah and, and, and magic and shamanism and all of the religions, uh, they, they, they are actually other dimensions. They're not physically down there, you know, down, down, down underground, and they're not, uh, and, and uh, they're not, uh, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, physically, uh, they're not out there in outer space either. Everything, uh, as as uh, as one person pointed out, the, uh, the the whole solar system and even the the next uh, uh, the next solar systems and and in the, the whole galaxy and then even the even the galaxies beyond are all in our physical dimension, and yet. They are also in another physical dimension, and and uh, uh, this is this uh, this becomes more and more obvious the more we the more we get into this. And uh, I, I I I like to use the the old hippie joke, you know, about about the two hippies standing down on the Santa Monica Pier. And they're looking out. Uh, they're looking out the, at the Pacific, and and the one of them says, "Man, that's a lot of water out there." And the other one looks at him and he says, "Yeah, man, that's only the top." <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the best way to to, to put it. And uh, <clears throat> and I think I finally found. I think I finally found Shaver's major source for for his simultane. I think I have. It's uh, it kind of. I think it comes from Henry Bergson, a, a French philosopher uh, of, the, of the late Victorian era. And interestingly enough, Henry Bergson's daughter married Sam Mathers of the Golden Dawn, and the two of them, uh, you know, the two of them together, uh, Sam and Moyna, developed the Enochian system. And but Henry Bergson, her father wrote this book called The Creative Mind, which was first put into English in 1946. And I think Shaver probably cut his teeth on it in 1946, because in about 1949, uh, he published, uh, he published his, his uh, concept on the simultane. And what Bergson said was that, that these other dimensions can be likened to radio stations, and they're all broadcasting. They're all broadcasting different programs on the same at the same time, but they're broadcasting them on different frequencies. And and so uh, and, and I think Shaver read that. And I think he got his simultaneous idea that in Wells' time machine. Anyway, yeah. That, let's let's keep in mind as we go through this. That the the under these underworlds and overworlds these heavens and hells uh, are are other dimensions. They 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 are uh, and and uh, so go go ahead. I I, 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 I go ahead. Yeah, it's the only way to to experience them and to have them work, because um, if you don't do that, especially with the underworlds and the world being round, each underworld gets smaller and smaller and smaller. But uh, the problem with that is. Uh, the the underworlds in just about all the traditions were made to match the overworlds, the corresponding overworlds. So um, your first hell is is small, and it's the same size as your first heaven. So that would be the moons going over the world and under the world, and um, it, it has to have the same dimensions. But uh, the problem is the further out you go, like let's say when you go to the sun or you go all the way out to Saturn, uh, then the corresponding hell beneath has to be that much deeper in order to ma- match the heaven above. And um, that's important because the way the, the Hindus and, and the Buddhists and, and the Jains of India, 
viewed the universe was um, as a set of islands that were concentric. So here we are on our central island called Jambu, which is basically the known world. Then outside that, there's a round ocean because uh, the the Indians, um, they view the world as round. Um, and, and when I'm saying round, I mean like a circle. The, the, the land was a circle. Around that's a circular sea. Around that's another circular land. And then another circular sea. And, and what uh, all the planets would do is they would go um, – through these seas to light the underworld, and then at the the, the next day they would be lighting um, this world, um, or at night they'd be lighting this. They would be in this world. So uh, they they would switch positions where one was lighting the other. Um, and uh, one thing that's interesting is these underworlds. We think of them that most of us come from a, a Christian upbringing, and there's just there's heaven above. And there's hell below, and they're very distinct. They're very much opposites, and there's no union between the two. However, um, when the ancients were going out and they were going up, there was a corresponding downside. So if you went above, you were also going below. This uh, Milky Way, um, the ancients looked up, looked up, and they knew that it went around the whole planet because they could um, they could perceive the stars. So not realizing the world was round. That meant the Milky Way had to go into uh, the underside of the planet, but it would actually – they would have considered it um, the underworld. So um, so just just to cover a couple of traditions to give you an idea of the beauty of these other realms, um, in India, the thing that was really common was to view all these as beautifully jeweled realms that were lit by gems because there was no sun to light them. Because all these realms were separate. There was only one of these realms that had the sun running through it. The rest of them just had a planet running through it. Um, but the first realm, um, and this is kind of interesting, is, is called Atala. And uh, in that region, there is a, a great magician named uh, King Maya. And uh, he, he rules this beautiful realm, and it's a, a realm where... Um, if you're there, men are going to like this more than women, but uh, you just have tons of women who are uh, pleasing every single one of your sexual whims. Um, the next level down is uh, Vitala, which is a realm where a, a very precious form of gold is made. And, and this is kind of odd. This is uh, where Shiva um, is um, in charge. Um, his name there is uh, Hara Baba is his uh, name as his incarnation in this world called Vitala. And in here there's a, there's a river. Vital kind of goes with it. There's a river of semen. <laughs> and um, it's, it's called the Hataki River. And there's a, uh, a substance associated from it, the, the fire god Agni. When he drinks from this river, he vomits a very precious gold called Hataka. And... Um, so it's a realm where everyone has all the gold that they could ever need need of or dream. So again, it's a very jeweled respect uh, realm. Uh, next realm down is uh, Sutala. It's, it's where uh, King uh, Bali rules. Um, and uh, the legend of King Bali is millions of years ago, um, this little dwarf comes to King Bali, who's who's taken over the heavens and he's taken over the earth and he's he's obviously in charge of the hells. And uh, this little dwarf says, let me um, take two steps and uh, let that be my kingdom. 
And so uh, King Bali says, hey, you're just a little dwarf, that's fine. And then uh, Vamana, he turns into a full-size Vishnu. One step, he covers the heaven. The next step, he covers the earth. He, he can't take a third step because there's only two. So he says, all right, Bali, you get the underworld, which is uh, it's described as a very beautiful uh, jewel-decked place. And and then you keep going down. The next one is the uh, demon magician Maya, and uh, you have all these levels of these um, powerful uh, serpent-like entities called Nagas. Um it, the um, the Hebrews, where, where they got their system, and I think a lot of people miss this because I've had a devil of a time, no pun intended, trying to dig up the names. But there's the seven gates of hell, and that comes from Babylon. Um, and there's the seven Hebrew underworlds. So where did these seven Hebrew underworlds came from? Well, they obviously originally came from Babylon, even though we don't have the names of those realms anymore. At least my research wasn't able to find them. And, and these realms um, are uh, all described as mostly quite beautiful, uh, very uh, rich, lush lands underneath ours. The realm underneath ours, um, it, it's called Tebel, and it's filled with uh headed and lion-headed and bull-headed people, as well as people who are animals with uh, human heads. Um, you go a level below that, and it's called Zaya, and that's uh, a, a land of extreme wealth where very beautiful people live. Then below that is a, a, a world called Neshaya, which means forgetting, and, and that matches the Greek river of Lacey, where people, they drink from it and they forget. So nobody in Neshaya yeah. has any memory because um, they, they drink of this uh, sea of forgetfulness. And um, th- then the uh, the fourth world down, before you before you leave that let's uh let's okay. let's uh let's let's make sure that 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 everybody listening understands that that also corresponds to the river Leith uh in uh, in orphic mythology yeah. uh yeah yeah the, the river Leith is the river of forgetfulness and and uh yeah, yeah so so uh this is one of the, so many times we find that 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 uh, we find in biblical and in classical mythology we find the same motifs like Noah like uh, like Noah's Noah's Ark you know uh, in in biblical mythology Noah's Ark lands on Mount Ararat and in Greek mythology uh, it lands on Mount Parnassus you know I mean <laughs> we find we find these yeah. stories that, that, that back and forth you know go oh, go ahead I I just want to make that make make that. Uh, <laughs> Just want to make that that uh, insertion there, so so we've sort of underlined that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that both um, something that was obviously Phoenician in origin, the world, of, the underworld of Zaya, matches the the Greek river of Leith, uh, which is uh, the river of forgetfulness. Um, you go further, and and uh, there's only one world in, in um, Hebrew lore. That's uh, really a, a, a world that you don't want to get yourself caught into. At least um, six of the seven layers. The, the it's called Arca. It's the fifth underworld down, and uh, the top level is Sheol, which is where the general dead go. Um, the level below that is Abaddon, and there's Saith Hayawan, and there's Bir Shahat, and there's Sha'ir Zalmot, which means the shadow of death, and then there's Sharmot, which means death. Um, 
the valley of the shadow of death and then uh, the, the valley of death. And then below that is the fiery world of Gehenna where the worst people end up. <clears throat> but then below that is a nice world called Adama, which is just another Hebrew world for Earth, which is a, a pleasant place of brooks and streams. And then below that is Eretz, and since there's no light there, nobody can see anything. Uh, in Hebrew tradition. But for the most part, uh, all, all these realms um, that have Babylonian origin, they're, they're actually nice places to go. Uh, unless you've been a bad person stuck into the, one of these little hells, uh, you, you have plenty of beautiful places that you can go on your afterlife journey. Uh, and, and that matches uh, what the Hindus have. Um, they have a bunch of beautiful realms, and it's only when you get to the realm called Naraka where the really bad people go, which is uh, it's not seven levels down, it's eight levels down. And then the, the Buddhists and the Jains have different subdivisions. But um, those realms, I calculate them, they're so deep, like I said, it, it would be beyond the depth of the earth or even the other side of the earth. And, and you're getting in the, – the, the Jains world, it's pretty neat. It was so big, I calculated it out. It's over – septillion light years wide that's that's over trillions of times larger than our own universe so the the neat thing about these ancients is they really had a way of making the world very very big and, and the higher up you could go you go up to the highest heaven in, in jainism in buddhism and, and the heavens uh they get bigger and, and the top heaven can view into the lowest hell then and the lowest heaven can only view into the lowest hell so there's this whole connection, kind of like Emanuel Swedenborg said, where the deepest hell sits right next to the highest heaven. They're right on top of each other. One's right beneath the other. Um, yeah, that, that, this, is, this is why uh, one of the metaphoric reasons why uh, if, you, if you really want to want to climb the ladder to the stars, you need to go down in the cave and then – uh, and then, then uh, you go down in the cave, and then, then come up, and and come up from the cave, and and and, and climb to the stars. And this is uh, this is uh, shamanism. This is this is what they do. Uh, you know, they they uh, uh, they 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 go up, they go to the underground in order to to go to the to uh, uh, to the heavens. And and you know uh, they. This this is basically the same thing uh, that that we have in the Kabbalah with the you know the Nefesh and the, and the Ruach and the Nekemah, and you don't really you bypass the Ruach, you go down into the Nefesh, that's just the subconscious that that uh, the, and, and and bypass the Ruach, the rational mind, and 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 climb to the uh, to Nekemah, the the uh, the cosmic consciousness. Uh, so, so uh, you know, we 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 go down, and that that is, and that of course is uh, mythologically this this uh, you know goes back to to Hercules uh, pulling the dog out of the hole. When he pulled the dog out of the hole, which was probably about about uh, 600 BC, uh, that that's about when uh, when when Hercules pulled pulled uh, Cerebus out of, out of the cavern. Uh, and that's about when when uh, when when uh, these concepts mythologically these concepts separated and in, in in the classical tradition and and, and also in the, you know in the Hermetic tradition in the uh, uh, in the biblical and in the Greek in the in the Greek traditions. Okay, that was just my answer. Go ahead. 
Well, no, that 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 that's an interesting point. Um, because I I kind of thought you would you would be saying the opposite um, of of that, which is heaven and hell were separated, were united, whereas my view, and I think you're actually agreeing with it, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, heaven and hell were considered one until 600 B.C. Does that sound more accurate? Yeah, yeah, that, this is, uh, that, that, there's hardly, uh, as I say, the, uh, up till 600 B.C., uh, you had a uh, the the underworld and the and the uh, the over the the uh, the uh, many of the features of the overworld were still in the underworld, uh, not so much in ancient Egypt but but in 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 other areas of the world, where uh, uh, you know for instance uh, uh, you have uh, you know in 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 uh, in, in, the, in the Akkadian tradition you. You have the idea of the Maschim, the planetary demons, born in the bowels of the hills, evil ones, sowers of ills, no uh, no wives have they known, no children begot. The beings, they are seven disturbers of heaven. And what this meant was that the planets rose up, you know, out of the, the bowels of the hills. So you look out to the horizon and in the hills after sunset, and you see the planets starting to rise out of the hills. And they, and they, they feared them. This is where this whole idea, the the malefics, the planets, because they, you know, the planets are are retrograde. Uh, uh, the zodiac revolves one way, and the planets revolve the opposite way, and this is where they got the idea of the disturbers of heaven, born in the bowels of the hills, evil ones, sowers of ills, uh, and this was this was the idea that the 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 over the overworld was the underworld, you know, during. Uh, uh, during the day, and and uh, and and uh, so, uh, does that uh, does that answer your question? Uh, yes, it does. Um, so I, I guess you and I are, are thinking more alike on that than I uh, had thought. Um, one thing that that is interesting when you think about a cave, and you think about the images that caverns inspire, there's there's two. And it's interesting because they go in the opposite direction, and there's um, legends that match both. Um, there's obviously uh, a lot of volcanic um, regions where, where mines were dug, where people were going into the bowels of the earth, and what was happening when they were going in? Well, it was getting hotter. They were getting closer to uh, molten areas uh, in order to extrapolate all this, and and get their gems and their gold and their silver and their iron. And, and it um, it matches with the, the fiery hell that um, is more popular. However, there's plenty of caves where when you go into them, uh, it gets colder. So um, with these two different types of caves that you can go in, and there's, um, there's even an interesting – one thing that's really interesting is uh, in, in ancient times, there were all sorts of entrances into the underworld. You had all of these caves that rivers came out of uh, it, all over Greece, and they were gateways into the underworld of Hades. So Hades wasn't some far-off land that your spirit would float to. It was uh, immediately below Greece. Um, true um, across the globe. But what was interesting is uh, the Chinese have a tradition of uh, seven hot hells and seven cold hells. 
And I think what inspired this is there's plenty of caves where you go into when they're cold. And um, you're thinking, well, where does this cold come from? Well, it comes from the cold hells. Um, but when you're going into a cave that's hot, where, where does that heat come from? Well, that comes from the hot hells. So it, it, it's kind of interesting how they, they came up with two different sets of hells. And uh, they're fun to read about, but they're also places you don't want to visit because if you're reborn there, uh, the the nearest one, uh, you have to live for tens of thousands of years um, either getting uh, chopped up and frozen or chopped up and burned, um, just depending if you go to one of the hot hells or cold hells. And then seven layers deeper, well, your life is 20 times longer than these tens of thousands of years. Then the next level down, even 20 times more. So to, to match the intensity of all these hells, um, the nice thing is at least there's a corresponding heaven where things get 20 times better and 20 times better and 20 times better. Um, one thing that also stood out to me when I was studying all of these is, is the overlap. Uh, one of the things that really, really shocked me in particular is the overlap between Aztec and Nordic um, mythology and their afterlife because – their afterlives, these are people who are, um, they're separated by a, a huge ocean, but for some reason in their meditations, they were both um, warring cultures, but they had a lot of similarities. They had um, three principal afterlives that you could go through that correspond with each other. There's the hell of the general people, uh, and uh, the Nords called that Helheim, which is kind of a gloomy world. The... Um, the Aztecs called that Mictlan. Um, they also had an, a, an interesting uh, paradise that you could go to if you died by anything related to water. And this is both the Nords and the Aztecs. If you drowned or you dried from some water-related disease, dysentery, then you would go to um, what the uh, Aztecs called Tlalocan, which is the watery paradise, and the uh, Nords called uh, Noetun. Um, which is also the watery paradise. Um, and then they each had their own version of Valhalla. The Nords, if you were a warrior, you died in battle, you'd go to Valhalla. Um, if you were an Aztec and you died in war, you'd go to the heaven of Huitzilopochtli. Um, so, so that was um, uh, an interesting overlap. Another interesting overlap um, is the Tibetan um, underworlds and the um, Navajo and Hopi underworlds because um, – they match each other. And these are before you get to any of the hells you have your, um, the, the Tibetans have uh, first you have a, a layers of black and white clay, then red clay, then yellow clay, then blue clay. And then finally um, uh, black clay. And um, that matches the, uh, the Pueblo that, you know, Navajo and Hopi um, worlds where they have, Underneath this world, there was a, a red world in some traditions or a black and white world. Underneath that is a yellow world um, and then a blue world and then a uh, black uh, or black and yellow world. And that's uh, according to their tradition. Where did all humans come from? Well, they actually came from these underworlds and they ascended to get to our current level, uh, which is interesting because it goes uh, totally against the grain of what most of us think of. But it also matched um, uh, the Hebrew lore where the flood actually happened to uh, a couple of earths below ours. And, and it was uh, only the middle of these earths, the, the fourth one, 
where uh, the immediate descendants of Noah are still living. And then the rest of us, we just kept coming up until we got to the, uh, the seventh um, world that we're at now. So um, anyways, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on everything that I've mentioned just now? Well, I would. I have to admit that when you started talking about uh, the, the the yellow uh, yellow hills and the um, and the red red hills, I got to thinking about that our the little bikinis uh, that we used to visualize in Parshrio Guinea, and and uh, we had little bikinis. Uh, little, little, you know, uh, voluptuous sixteen-year-old girls. The Tibetans, uh, you know, uh, you know. The Dalai Lama told us that when we, when we took the Kala Chakra, he he told us that we were now entitled to 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 have sixteen-year-old bikinis. And 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 of course, I'm sitting there thinking, not in California. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, we had that in Marjorie of Guinea. We have a we had a kind of a oh, we had a kind of a, pedestal, a hectogram pedestal, as, uh, that, that, and then what we would do is we would we would run all these these voluptuous little uh, little uh, elementally colored and the four colored like the four elements, and we'd run them around counterclockwise like a carousel, and and and, and you know they were they were all bouncing and and, and running around and. and and we run them around counterclockwise, and, and this way we would uh, we would actually go you know uh, uh, live longer. This was this was like uh, like the old Phoenician idea that every day every day you spend at sea you you uh, you don't age because if you you keep running the little bikinis around counterclockwise and you go back in time. Or at least you're you're resetting your biological clock with these little gals. I was thinking about that, so that 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 was running through my mind when you started talking about that. But what I would like to ask you at, at this point, um, uh, let's talk about some of the more modern underworlds, uh, mystical underworlds, and and, uh, and some of the more uh, you know like like uh, Agartha and and uh, and Shaver, and also uh, we mentioned to get it, to get it into a hermetic category. Uh, we mentioned. Uh, uh, the tunnels of Set from uh, Kenneth Grant's Night Side of Eden. And by the way, the Night Side of Eden, if you want to buy it right now, it, it's it, it. I think it's about a, the cheapest copy I could find was 115 bucks. But uh, but Night Side of Eden by Kenneth Grant has the uh, has the, the second part of it has the uh, the tunnels of Set. And the tunnels of Set. Are underlie the paths of the tree of life, and and this is a schematic, you know. Actually, uh, it, it, it's a creative schematic because the tree of life is a schematic, and and uh, it's not a it's not a you know it's not a pictorial map. Although although I did make a pictorial map out of it for Adamson's Quest, but it's still it it's not a pictorial map. It's a schematic. And and uh, and and so the the tunnels of set underlie the paths on the tree of life, uh, and uh, and there each one of them is ruled by a by a cliffhopic demon, uh, some of which I think uh, Grant scribed and some he got from from mythology, and uh, the cliffhop. Uh, which is something I don't I don't agree with, but this is something from Orthodox uh, uh, Jewish Kabbalah. Uh, it, it's a kind of a hell, 
uh, but it's but it's more of a it's more of a country of demons, you know, uh, and uh, they 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 all do something terrible, like they they do the deceivers and the and 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 the and the, and the destroyers and whatever. Uh, and uh, do you have a copy of Night Side of Eden or or? Because uh, I, I, I did, got I one think sitting somewhere. Here. I- I can't find it, and I'm going to probably have to get another copy. I, I know I, I well, like it. Well, it's going to cost you. I got to say, I said the, the, the cheapest I can find is 115 bucks. But uh, but uh, uh, I've got, as I say, I've got one right here. However, uh, they you can get it. You can get the second part of it, which has uh, part two, which has the uh, the whole outline for the uh, uh, the tunnels of set. Um, uh, you can get that on Kindle, or, or you, I think it's. Oh. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I think you can, but uh, uh, it may be out. It may be out of Kindle print, but <laughs> I think it, at least it's the second part. Uh, and uh, that that of course <laughs> is uh, has become it's just like Lovecraft's Necronomicon. Those tunnels have set. They're a creation. You know, you know, Grant uh, Kenneth Grant created them, but like Lovecraft's Cthulhu Mythos, they've 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 gotten into our into our tree into our uh, tradition, and uh, so uh, uh, they're even covered they're even covered in Godwin's uh, Kabbalistic Encyclopedia. Uh, do you want to see it? Um, do you want to say anything about uh, about Sheol and the Cliff Off? Um, yeah. Um... Sheol. The interesting thing is, um, wh- when the, uh, the the Hebrews built out their tradition, Sheol was the the top level because it was um, a comparatively amicable place. It's where everybody went. Um, but then, when it was expanded into seven hells, then uh, it, it became more like the traditional hell that um, we're used to, and, and, and it kind of matched. Uh, it's actually what inspired Dante's Inferno, which is a pretty good description of, of the way they thought hell was. Of course, it has his own creative insertions in it. But um, all of these, uh, you know, the worst sin you did, the deeper hell with more fire that you went to until uh, – this is kind of odd. When you went to the very lowest of the hells, even though it should have been a lake of fire had uh, Dante followed biblical symbolism – he made it a lake of super cold ice. So um, you've got Cain and, and uh, Judas Iscariot and Ptolemy and Antenor, and they're all in these horribly frozen um, environments where they can hardly move at all. Uh, beyond that, I, I can't say I've read the, the night side of, of Eden in such a long time that I remember much about it. But I do um, I, I do like the, the whole... Uh, Clifotic and and goetic lore. I just don't emphasize it so much because um, I like angels a whole lot more. I don't. I yeah. I agree with you. And I don't like the I don't like the Clifoth because the Clifoth is a is a Kabbalistic concept that based upon the idea that that uh, that as as the as the sphere as the Oth fell, all the shells. The shells of the of the various spheres, the tree of life, and then the fall, they they broke away and fell, and all the shells fell down. So the cliff off is full of of, of shells, 
uh, in the fall of uh, resulting from the fall of man, and this is part of this idea that that uh, that uh, Adam Chapman uh, is 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 the Kabbalah and is man and is the universe. It's part of this hermetic idea that, uh, and this is why we say to us, Deus, you are God. And that is, you know, and I want to make sure, even though uh, we say that, that doesn't mean we don't revere God. And it doesn't mean we don't revere God beyond ourselves. This this is a mistake that, that people that criticize the hermetic tradition and, and Kabbalah uh, they they think that uh, they think that uh, we think we think we're God and and and, and uh, but that is not what we mean. What we mean is we're part of God and and yeah we're part of God. Right. But, but but the totality the totality of God is just so vast that 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 it over that it's overwhelming and 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 uh, so so they unfortunately this. Uh, uh, you know the whole idea of the, of the great I am, and 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 all is not something that that means that we're selfish, and it doesn't mean that we're sociopathic. It 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 mean what it means is is that we 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 know we have God within us, and we know we are the children of God, and and uh, and now let me mention. Uh, uh, to, to get into the more modern versions of, of what you uh, you know uh, what you're doing, and and I know that you will uh, you will uh, appreciate this. I'm looking at on my knee right now is subterranean worlds, ten one hundred thousand yeah. years of dragons, dwarves, the dead, lost races, and UFOs from inside the earth by Walter Crafton Minkell. Now this is a a nice nice fat paperback uh, and it's essential it's essential on this kind of su- on this kind of subject and right now the used copies i know that you've got a copy and i got a copy but right now used copies of this book are going for about a about a hundred, I think about a hundred and uh, no, no way. As you were about about, about seventy five dollars a copy. I think you can get a good used copy of it. Anybody that's interested in modern versions of these underworlds, modern versions, uh, uh, all the way from from Agartha in the Victorian age. That's that's the this the the underground city of the of the Tibetan in Tibet, all the way through Shaver and and. Uh, and the Hollow Earth, and, and all all of these uh, various uh, underworld, these modern underworlds, uh, you need to get a copy of this book. This this is essential. Uh, you want to, uh, uh, you want to talk about well, it? Well, yeah, brings you, up. Yeah, I, d- I definitely do because um, studying the got, first you, level. Yeah, I've got your Agartha book, um, and I know we've talked about a, a bunch of different sources, but one thing that just smacked in my face is something that should have been totally obvious is the first level of Patala, this grand jewel-bedecked world where they have a magician king named Bala, well, which is the description of Agartha very well. Agartha and Atala, I, I think, are the same location. They even have similar sounds. Well, that's Hindu, isn't it? Yeah, and so um, that would match well, with something that the Buddhists adopted. Well, that's what they, they yeah, pretty that's much what, accepted what, what, all of these Hindu underworlds. 
well, that's what Jocelyn Godwin said in in, in that in that forward that 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 this you you can trace this back to to, to Brahman to Brahman mythology, right? And this would uh, yeah, Agartha, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it was originally Agartha originally was the the holy city of the Brahmins. That's what it was originally, and and then it, then it got picked up. I don't think the Buddhists ever ever you know I really don't I I don't think the Buddhists ever really got it. I think uh, you know Asandowski said he got it from the from the High Lama in in Urga back in 1920. Well, no, I, I don't think he got it. I don't think he got it from from Urga at all. I think he got it from from uh, from Roman Sternberg, uh, and I think Roman Sternberg probably read because uh, he was into that sort of thing. He thought he was the reincarnation of Genghis Khan, <laughs> and and he 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 probably read uh, Saint Eve's uh, uh, Book of Gartha. Uh, I don't know whether there was a Russian translation, but but it, uh, but I don't know whether Roman read French or not. But but I'll bet you he picked up the Agartha story from the from from uh, Eve's book in 1910, uh, and and then he told that to Asandowski, and Asandowski goes and claims that he got it from the High Lama. The High Lama, of course, was a was a was an alcoholic and a child molester and a, and a, and a really a scumbag. But uh, so so I no, I think it came from Roman Sternberg, and and via uh, but but originally came from from Eves because Asandowski's version of it is 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 almost identical with uh, with what with with uh, with Eves the uh, what is that Saint Eves Alexander. Saint Eve's the uh Alver what uh, you got it right there. Uh what 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 uh, what's what's his last name? Um let's see. Um Marquis Alexandra Saint Eve's Dalvedre. Yeah. By the way, right. that book is yeah, that yeah, that's right. That that book's still available. They're inner traditions probably the kingdom uh the kingdom of Agartha and it's available for about fourteen bucks, and it's beautiful. It's a it's a beautiful book. He went there on the astral, and this is an under underworld uh, underground city. Of course, and as I say, it derives originally from Brahman from uh, Brahman mythology, and and uh, and of course, and as I say, it got picked up by it got picked up by the Mad Baron and and Asandowski and and uh, and Shaver picked it up from them. And and uh, or Palmer did, yeah, and and uh, and and of course uh, Keel and whatever. We've we've uh, discussed this before, uh, and it's uh, uh, so Agartha is really really fascinating. Before we we get to the end of this uh, discussion, I would like to mention another book, another book. Uh, which, by the way, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to loan to you, uh, Michael. I'm going to loan you this book, uh, and you will just love it. It's called Cave and Cosmos by Michael Harner, Shamanic Encounters with Another Reality, and, uh, and it's got a cover showing a stairway leading up out of a cave into the celestial into a celestial scene, and this is this is this is. Central Asian shamanism, where so much of all of this got started, uh, and 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 he has in here he has maps of the uh, 
of the, the shamanic maps of the uh, the underworld, the middle middle world, and, and the overworld, and 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 they are very very much like like your maps that, that that I'm looking at. And this book, this we we've actually done a show on this book, uh, and and I'm sure you can go through the archives, find the abstract. I can't remember the exact date when we did the show. It's called Cave and Cosmos. Shamanic Encounters with Another Reality by Michael Harner. And uh, this is this is really, really one that we really, really uh uh in this particular subject we need to we need to look at. Uh okay, now uh, are are you gonna are you gonna go ahead and develop this thing into a book, I hope? Uh y- yes I am. I've already started the uh meditation exercises to allow me to visit all these worlds. Uh, contemplate them, and, and I think it'll be a, a lot more exciting than just uh, a simple read the description atlas. I'm going to take you on a journey, um, starting at the highest hell, uh, and, and then going to the lowest uh, underworld. And then when I'm in the lowest underworld, I'll, I'll pop back out, out um, to, to go to the spheres of the moon on up to take you through all the uh, corresponding celestial realms that correspond with all the um, the the underworlds, and in that way uh, you're going to get a very full experience of um, all these traditions from around the world and and seeing their overlap with each other because a, a lot of these traditions overlap. You have these um, the, these dwarves in the underworld that that match the Hebrew tradition all, all the way up in uh, Germany and and uh, uh, Norway, um, and. It, it, it's it, it just really it, – it's fascinating and it's beautiful. It, it, that's something that I, I can't stress enough. All, all of these underworlds, even though they're more material and they're more opulent and they're more uh, focused on all the, the glories of uh, materialism, they're still very beautiful places to contemplate where um, even if you do end up in one of the underworlds, hey, it uh, actually isn't going to be that bad. Yeah, and of course they are, as we have said, they are extra dimensional, and and so they can be they can be visited uh, using Rosicrucian yoga, and and uh, uh, they can. Uh, I'm sure there are people that that uh, that they can uh, use other methods to visit them, but I don't want to mention that. I will 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 hold out now. We'll hold out for Rosicrucian yoga. And and uh, right. Uh, anyway, yeah. And anyway, uh, this has been this has been a fascinating evening, and I'm sure that that, that our listeners are, are will will be looking forward to to have a, to uh, you publishing this. I'm looking at some of your graphics, your your beautiful graphics that you've been working on and uh, on this subject. And I want to thank you so much for coming on board and sharing all this with us. And uh, and we will uh, look forward to you know to, to seeing to seeing more of it and and uh, and and so take care and I will uh, see you I'll see you next week and and oh, well I'll see you I'll see you at uh, I'll this see weekend. this oh uh, uh, yeah I'll see you this weekend it's seasonal uh, 
So uh, anyway, <laughs> take care, be well, good magic, and uh, and to everybody listening, uh, the seasonal is uh, is Saturday night, and and for those of you who are who uh, are listening, you're going to be there, and and uh, you're going to have the spring marriage, and and and, and this is going to be the 45th the consecutive seasonal that we did, uh, the Canaanite, Canaanite uh, sacred marriage that we've done. So. Uh, until then, uh, good magic, and uh, and uh, and next week we'll be back with another Hermetic Hour. Okay, bye bye.